Welcome to episode 21 of the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. This is Bob McLaurin. It is June 28, Sunday, and uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the chaos and craziness that we've all been witnessing uh, somewhat around the world, but primarily in the United States, uh, all triggered by the uh, killing or the death of George, George Floyd. It was horrific. Uh, tragedy. Tragedy is probably not the, not the word. It was uh, uh, terrible, terrible abuse from uh, on behalf of authorities over citizens that uh, I think 99.9% of our country uh, was in agreement that uh, it was awful, awful and uh, criminal. Um with that, we've seen a couple of weeks of cities burning and rioting and protesting. Uh, some ele- some elements are peaceful, and then at nighttime, you know, th- the thugs take over and destroy things uh, without any justification. And now we're seeing statues that don't have anything to do with anything being ripped down, and just general anarchy and chaos. Uh, I do think it'll eventually not just come to a, uh, it, it isn't going to stop on its own, but I do think, uh, authorities will finally rise up and put it down. But, uh, I think who knows the reasoning, you know, I guess, uh, part of it, it shows, it's showing the public what, uh, a very significant element of our society, uh, thinks is proper behavior you don't you know they're, they're not even acting on behalf of uh, those who have historically been discriminated against this is a uh, crazy anarchist trying to destroy our country uh, that uh, I don't want to dwell on that but I, I do want to jump off from that because uh, in general what I wanted to talk about was just the times of confusion and chaos and anarchy and really focus in on this is what's so discouraging to me. And it, it has always been this way, but you, you kind of forget about it. And then you're reminded in times like these, how bad it really is. And and it doesn't need to be this way. But the millions and millions of people who will absolutely believe anything and without. I mean, these are educated people, many with PhDs and master degrees. And uh, we live in a time where there is pressure that if you don't go to college, you're not going to get a good job and, you know, or you're stupid or whatever the pressure or labels are applied to you, you know, you're looked down on if you never went to college. And so everybody's pressured to go through the uh, higher education of some sort. And we see where, you know, we see it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, this, this applies to the highest levels of scientists theologians, politicians, lawyers, 
on and on. there are millions, if not billions, of people who believe global warming, despite the statistics and data that have been manipulated all along. And let me just back up and say, even if none of the data had been manipulated, I mean, this is the, this is the logic they use. They will decry a one to one and a half degree rise in temperature and then point to polar ice caps melting. I mean, it doesn't, it makes no sense whatsoever. Now, I mean, nobody, the guy who made an F in science in high school knows that isn't going to happen. One degree does not cause ice to melt, uh, especially in the Antarctica and you know, and there's plenty of data to show that glaciers recede and progress over, you know, a hundred years cyclically and have been doing so long before the first coal or steam or whatever, you know, factory they're blaming, you know, humans that haven't been within 8,000 miles of that coldest region, you know, and it's, it would show to be receding and then uh, progressing again. So, again, facts don't matter, but millions, hundreds of millions of people take this, and they will take you to be a fool. And I've had my own friends say, who are you to believe this over 97% of PhDs and whatever that signed some document? I mean, it just clearly shows they're politically biased. Uh, and that they do not love the truth. That's what I want to get back to is loving the truth. And I'm not just talking about religious truth, spiritual truth. I mean, all truth. You got to take it as it is, and you have to take it to wherever it concludes. And uh, religious traditions are are, uh, held much higher uh, the authority of whoever's speaking is held in much greater weight than whatever truth they might be saying versus somebody with a PhD uh, or, or, for example, a PhD in some religious uh, capacity uh, is held in much greater authority by those sitting under that teaching never examining what what the guy is saying and and uh, just swallow it never never seek it search it out for themselves and most of what I'm talking about not just spiritual truth but global warming political bias evolution abortion roll it all up into one big ball every bit of it can be debunked in about five minutes and i'm talking about the general belief by our culture so religion and i'm talking about what we consider mainstream conservative uh, many traditions bought into and never once examined uh, prophecy bought into never once examined and you know I should say, where am I safe saying that? Tens of thousands of prophetic books written. 
on things that have zero or such little scriptural support. Uh, abortion, you know, whether you debate whose right is and all that kind of stuff, we we have people who can't even agree that the murder of a child after it's born is wrong. That's how that's how polluted people's thinking is today. And and there are people in church who believe that that's still the right, or they'll they'll say they don't uh, support it with their mouth, but they vote these people in year after year. And then evolution, and even if you don't believe in a six-day creation, uh, there's ample evidence that's been put forth by many great foundations and agencies, and whether they're religiously based or not, um, lots of evidence that has been brought forth in the last 30 years, and specifically in the last five or ten, but from like since Mount St. Helens onward, we have learned so much, and it has confirmed everything that creationists were teaching all along the way uh, in great detail. Uh, and I'm not referring to, you know, I'm not getting into six-day or all that, uh, literal days, things like that. But I'm just saying there's lots of evidence that, that dispels that things would have to be billions of years or have to be millions of years for some creative process to take place uh, to get to where we are today. So uh, anyway, I don't want to go down those rabbit holes. I just want to show that it doesn't take much at all to convince a majority of the public of it. Uh, maybe I should reverse the argument. It's, it's almost like uh, whatever the majority believes, it is so unlikely percentage wise that someone would step out of that safe circle of, of uh, all the others confirming what you believe that you're never going, that person's never going to examine what they do believe because it is a safe space. And uh, particularly in religion, global warming, nobody wants to be called a fool or why do you think you know better than a scientist? And the only reason I got there was I, uh, I just started looking at some of the data and some of the inconsistencies and I'm I mean, across everything, religion, global warming, all that political stances and evolution, and and uh, made it quite obvious that something wasn't jiving. So uh, that's what that's how God brought me to where I am today, examining everything, and I hammer, hammer. I, I do not want to invest. Uh, deeply into something that I can't uh, confirm and and uh, uphold solidly with Scripture without twisting and bending to meet my own bias, things like that. So, And, and in the case where I can't uh, solidly lock down something for, the, for a momentary time, in those cases where I can't lock it down with Scripture— I lightly hold it until I have more light 
and then I shift the bigger picture and all. But obviously the core being Christ is absolutely solid. There's, there's plenty of evidence physically and spiritually. So going back to examining everything, all that background to say, what I wanted to talk about in specifics was about a week ago, there was an ad in the Tennessean, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was a full page ad that people blew up, went crazy. And the ad claimed that there will be a nuclear detonation in the city of Nashville July 18th this summer. And people went crazy. You know, they were on Twitter, they were calling them a cult fringe group and all this kind of stuff. So I read the ad and it actually started out. Again, I examine everything. I give everybody a shot until they go off the rails. And it started out uh, nicely enough. You know, it's like, uh, Sounds like there's a group, and they said, we feel burdened to share that what we believe we've seen, you know, and blah, 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 and offer a warning to, you know, the citizens of Nashville. I don't know how it was worded, but anyway, they go on to describe, you know, in this full-page ad, you know, what they've seen, and they link to websites and all that. So I go to the website, because really the two things uh, I wanted to nailed down were how they determined that there was going to be a nuclear blast by way of scripture and why July 18th by way of scripture. I just wanted to see how in the world do you get there? Cause I didn't see it. So, so I go to their website and I end up scrolling through about 20 pages of background and whatever this weaving path is of logic to to arrive at this conclusion, which is a red flag immediately, because anything that is that convoluted and complex to follow, probably not probably not going to be the truth. Um, I think if anything we've seen from scripture that the most natural, simple conclusion, as we read, is the primary truth. And now, there may be other shadows or threads that, that run in parallel with what we're reading, but we should always look for just the simple, natural, literal truth first. And if, it, if we don't see it, it either hasn't occurred yet, which could definitely be the case, or... Uh, there is a secondary meaning or spiritual parallel to it. So, uh, but in oftentimes it's both, especially in prophecy. It's almost always both. So, uh, so I'm looking at this thing and as I'm reading, you know, I panned it off. I was like, okay, I'm done with this 20 pages. I didn't read it all, but anything that long, that's a phone book to explain a scripture, uh, is a red flag and that ought to be the same for anything any kind of doctrine if it takes chapters to convince you why some doctrine is true it's probably not true as i was reading this ad it reminded me about when 
when uh, Jesus says in Matthew 24, many will many shall come in my name. This is KJV. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And, you know, goes on and on and on. And then further down, uh, there's kind of like a recap, and it says, uh, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, and so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect and i was thinking about this like is this like the foreshadowing like what the toe in the water of what we're about to see coming soon uh of false christ coming on the scene but as i as i was rereading matthew 24 uh which one is it five 24 5 for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. When you go to the Greek, it actually says, I am the Christ, which to me just confirms that this is Jewish-centric, this whole concept of Antichrist. It is the, the rest of the world religions aren't looking for a Messiah. If there's any Messiah at all in their in their uh, the concept of their religion, it is more of a uh, all of humanity, the, the spirituality of all of humanity being united and uh, that being some type of messianic spirit. Uh, and then some don't have anything at all, but uh, I, I guess Islam has got... Uh, they, they are looking for a Messiah, but um, this is clearly what, what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, many will come in his name saying, I am the Christ, the Christ, the one that the Jews have been looking for. And, uh, you know, it... I never would have thought we are where we are three months ago. You know, January, we were were in the greatest economy ever. Um, Everything was booming. Lowest unemployment rate in the United States in history for minorities. Around the world was booming or being drawn up by the economy of the United States. And then literally overnight, uh, virus... Uh, is released uh, or is uh, around uh, takes off around the world. That's a whole backstory there. Um, and literally overnight, in a matter of months. So we've there is <laughs> there is no telling what we're gonna see this fall. We could we could see a completely different picture, and so that's why. I want to stress to all those, I want to remind you of all those people out there who've already written their book and made conclusions on this and that, what they see, toss them, toss them, because even, even our camp who holds things very loosely and only hold what we 
have for now and only base conclusions as far as we can see for now, I think we're going to be shocked at what is around every single corner every few months from here on out. Uh, unless we unless we go back into kind of a birth pang mode where we go into like a year where it's pretty boring, nothing happening, and then we come back. But you remember, I mean, it was six. We did go through about six months where there wasn't that much going on, and uh, you just always have these bursts of school shootings and earthquakes, volcanoes, and then nothing for five, six months. And then we've gone through three months, four months of a worldwide pandemic, uh, if you want to call it that, um, and all kinds of anarchy. So who knows what tomorrow brings? Uh, you know, stay tuned to, uh, to that. But I just... Again, just another reminder, you've heard me say it a thousand times, test everything, test what I say, test everything you've already sunk into the ground as your core beliefs, test it all. It's If it's truth, it isn't going anywhere. Hammer on it, crush it, beat on it. The word of God isn't going to fail you. Uh, just don't buy someone's interpretation of it because you respect their title or they've got a bigger degree than you have. Let me tell you, seminary. There's some. I'm sure there are some most well-meaning people that have gone through it, but it's just showing you how to run a church. They're just teaching you how to run a church. Nobody's coming out of 18 months of numerous classes uh, that's going to be a Greek or Hebrew scholar, and uh, so what you're your best set to do is to use the work of the scholars out there, the true scholars that aren't biased. They just they just expose truth, consume that, and use it in the bigger picture to form your conclusion very loosely that is based on Scripture and just be pliable and adjusted as you go along. Um Sorry, this episode and the last one, there just wasn't that much content there. It really wasn't worthy of podcast, but this is more what I would talk if I was just having coffee with somebody. And because we can't do that, I don't know where you are. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, these are the kind of things we just toss out there. We're just throwing ideas out over coffee. And that's what I want this to be. Hope you're doing well. God bless you and see you next time.